Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Darks. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow, you're joining us following a Thursday night victory from the Dallas Mavericks over the New Orleans Pelicans at home, one eleven to one oh six. Josh, how you doing? Um, I'm actually kind of mad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, I'm kind of shocked at how upset that game made me. Um. Because it's the middle of February and me and you and the rest of the staff are just trying to crawl to the all-star break so that we can not only just kind of like just get some time away, but we're all got winter sickness and allergies and we're just, we're staying up late. We're working on the site and we're all just kind of cranky and just kind of blech about everything. And so usually that means like we, we usually don't have the energy for, for, for takes at this time of year. Usually it's just like, oh well, the Mavericks played a game that happened. Uh, on to the next right. one. Right, it's like a it's a slog yeah. to get to All Star break. Yeah, but uh, that game made me mad. Uh, I'm pretty mad. <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated because I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I like I so everybody that heard me on the podcast Monday night. I normally record more. I've been teasing like our friend Dalton, who you know he kind of runs Dallas basketball with like him and like two other people. Like he does a ton of work over there. And, yep. and so he's he's been recording more regular podcasts because he loves trade season. I I hate it. I'm I hate you. it. <laughs> it is it is to me it is the wor- it brings out the worst part of basketball fandom, and that's just my take. So I, so the I was sick Monday night and then woke up Tuesday a mess, and so I didn't record anything for two days, and I was like kind of looking forward to rolling in here when the Mavericks were up by thirty points in the second quarter. And it was just really something because, you know, to, to Luca came to work and was just mm-hmm. destroying, uh, just destroying the Pelicans. And you didn't see Luca get hurt. He basically rose up. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking, to be clear. Like he had a he had like a floater opportunity in the middle of the lane, but he he, you know, jumped off two feet and proceeded to get blocked, basically, and landed real hard on his, uh, you know, he's a big guy, 240 to 260 in that range. Landed on what I thought was his was his ass actually, but it seemed that most of the weight actually went down on an ank on the ankle that's already been bothering him, and then he got pulled out a few minutes later after he tried to come back in and kind of play through it because Luca just kind of he plays through most stuff, um, and he he took himself out of the game. Granted, they're up by thirty, so it might he could have for all we knew he could have played through it. He later gets ruled out with a heel contusion which I don't know if that is bad or good. Heel contusion sounds uncomfortable. And then the Mavericks just slowly, slowly got their asses kicked. And I don't even know what to be frustrated with because I had a couple people message me that really were like, can you spend some time talking about Josh Green? So I think before we beat the shit out of everyone else, we do talk about Josh Green a little bit because he's he's kind of why... They won the game. It was it. He did some made some plays down the stretch that helped hold off the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean that's what I wanted to lead the podcast with because I thought that that we would be talking about a twenty five point Mavericks win and we'd be in a good mood and we'd be like, "Hey, the Mavericks took care of business for once." And look at what this guy did. like you know, and, and this guy stood out. You know, other than Luca doing what he does. Um, but yeah, so I guess we're going to talk about it now because of you know we it's the only pretty much the only good thing that happened besides Luca. Um, the fourth quarter, like he was good all game, uh, like through the first three quarters, he was 
like normal Josh Green in terms of like what he's been doing all season, getting out in transition, finishing at the rim, good defense, like good support player kind of stuff. I think he had either eight, I think he had eight or 10 points. I think he had eight points at the end of the third quarter. Um, so he finished with 15. So he scored, you know, seven points in the fourth quarter, I believe. I might, you know, I don't, I hope I'm not wrong on that, but the fourth quarter, like he was their offense. Like, yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie turned into a pumpkin. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, he bailed the team out. Like, the Mavericks didn't run any. I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself with what I got mad sure. about. But, like, he did things that weren't just, like, you know, support role stuff. He was, like, doing – I mean, I don't want to get too, like, too hyperbolic here. But he was doing, like, number one option stuff. Yep. Like, he was doing stuff where, like, he got the ball – and no one else was doing anything, and he kind of took it upon himself to make a play, whether it was a drive at the rim. He made a three-pointer that felt huge uh, at the time, and even though the Pelicans did make a run after that, I mean, he he, he took a three-pointer from the wing when they were up nine with, like, three minutes left, and the Pelicans on a run, and it's like, you know, you go up 12, you get that breathing room, back to double digits. Obviously, Pelicans still came back, but... Like, imagine if he missed that and, and the Pelicans have the ball um, down nine with <clears> – <throat> oh, excuse me, frog in my throat. Down with three minutes left, that would have sucked. So, um, he and did – He scored, every, he scored seven right. of the Mavericks 16, and he yeah. scored those seven points in the final six-ish minutes. Yeah, and um, I don't yeah. think – I think only maybe one of those buckets, that three-pointer was assisted, um, which is – that's, like, the crazy part. Like, he – he was like doing things unto himself, which is usually not what Josh Green does, uh, which is which was really impressive. Really, yeah. really impressive. It, I'm I'm curious what the so there's a flip side to Josh Green becoming a more regular contributor to what the Mavericks do, and it's teams will eventually have to scout him better because yes. what I'm seeing right now is he is taking advantage of teams that simply don't know what the hell he's going to do. Um, some of the drives he's making, some of the finishes he's making where he's kind of like dipsy do like up and under stuff in the air. That doesn't happen. And he's been doing it all season. And I, I just wonder if there's not enough tape, if teams don't pay enough attention to him because it's like he, number one, he's like the only Mavericks player who can take off from outside of two feet and and like do something with the ball in the air so that plays that plays like a small part in it but it's it's nice to see the decisiveness the three-pointer was probably my favorite because he does a lot of um auto rotating the ball when he gets it on passes he wants to make the right read and make the right and do it quickly and sometimes with the ball rotation it just like swings around the outside swing 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 somebody else gets the shot i like it when he shoots because if he continues to take shots, even if his percentages go down, which they're, you know, that happens when you shoot enough shots, eventually teams have to guard you, which opens up stuff for everybody else. And, and that's where, you know, a, a lot of fans want to see him start just because Tim Hardaway has been so awful. And I think there's a lot of, of, of credibility to, to that claim. I doubt kid will actually do it. That's a different story, but I, I like I, I like a lot, you know, Josh Green is is definitively why they held on in this game. And and that, you know, needs to be to be said. You know, you anybody that didn't watch, you look at his box score, you'll see 30 minutes, you'll see 15 points, and you'll see four rebounds. It's good. 
it's a it's a solid contribution. I mean, he is the he's one of four Mavericks players who scored in double figures. Um, you know, everybody knows how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> um, I had somebody tell me it's like, oh well, the Mavericks. Uh, no, it was my friend Matt Moore. It's like I think you complain about this too much because um, you know they they play at such a deflated pace. You're not gonna and and I do understand why, but it's just I I, I don't know. I need more Mavericks double. I need more balanced scoring, please. Anyway, um. Yeah, I, I I do think it's it's right to lead with with some because obviously they've won the game, so you <laughs> want to lead with like why they won the game. Like Luka Doncic was all world for twenty three minutes. He scored thirty one points, grabbed eight rebounds, and had four assists along with two steals. Like just God mode stuff. Yep, he would have had fifty if he didn't leave the game. He, I like think. that's clearly why he was playing. Like he wants to get his point. Like there's an element going on now where he wants to be the scoring leader. Yeah, I, I could believe that. Also, he was at 23 minutes. It was the third quarter. Mm. So even if, I mean, who knows if he would have, how it would have gone. I mean, obviously he would have gotten back into the game more because the Mavericks completely gacked it. But yeah, he was he was as good as he's been uh, in those 23 minutes. Like he was, he was really, really good. The only thing that was off was he just couldn't make any threes. Um, but he was, I think he was eight of nine in the in the paint. Um, which again, he was like 12 of 13 against the Pistons in the paint. Uh, so he's on, he's on quite the roll right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know what's going to happen with Luca. Uh, yep. they embark on a five game road trip, which we will talk about shortly. Um, so we don't know what happens there. It's disappointing. Luca just, he plays so well in the month of February, um, kind of shockingly well, even by his standards. And so it's 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 very frustrating to see him go out with an injury, but it really makes you wonder. The Mavericks up by like twenty seven when he went out, I think. So it's might be a little bit preventative. Um, then the rest of what happened, I just I don't have a good I don't have a good explainer for it. I mean, just to, to toss out some stats that blow my mind, I I did not recognize in the game. Spencer Dinwiddie and Tim Hardaway were seven of thirty seven. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. They they were horrible. They were <laughs> that fourth quarter. Um they finished with negative plus minuses. That's amazing. They got outscored 49 to 27 when Luca went out. Um, <laughs> uh that fourth quarter was embarrassing. And for shameful. who? Who all? Because I, I need a list. Everyone but Josh Green, uh, including the coaches. They're shameful Ooh. and embarrassing. Um, especially Tim and Tim and Spencer. I mean, it was literally like, it's one thing to miss shots. Um, and I can excuse that to some degree. Like we'd still be, we'd still be mad that they miss shots, but like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, they miss shots. What are you going to do? The process was so embarrassingly awful. I couldn't believe what I was watching because we just saw them play basically two games without Luca, the Phoenix game and the Utah game. And they didn't look this incompetent in either of those well, games. I mean, it was like, Spencer, like, like one. it's Spencer related though, isn't yeah, it? Because it is, yeah. He's, he's the ball handler. And when he's not feeling it and he should mm. like, like to be clear, I'm very critical of Spencer regularly, mainly because I think that he gets a, a, he gets a lot of credit for being awesome beside Luca, but then doesn't really get a lot of grief when he's bad. And this was a game where he was simply awful and he was forcing stuff 
Yeah. And he's got to learn to distribute more. You cannot miss this many shots. You cannot, like, some of the shots he took were yes. atrocious. That, that's the thing. I could not believe, I mean, walking the ball up. I mean, Kirk, they were they were running possessions where he wasn't even getting a ball screen. Nope. I mean, literally just walking the ball up, dribbling it out, and taking the Pelicans announcers were Kirk. making fun of it. Yeah. I, Twitter was making fun. Everyone was watching the fourth quarter and be like, what the? What the hell is going on with the Mavericks right now? It was unbelievable. Like, we get kind of mad when the Mavericks still try to run that bum hunt offense, even when mm-hmm. Luke is not on the floor. And they did a little bit of that in the fourth quarter. But they, Kirk, like, they didn't even do that at times. Like, no. seriously, like, there were possessions where Spencer was the only person who touched the ball, and there was literally zero movement. No screen set, no off-ball movement. Just Spencer walking the ball up, dribbling it down to about 10 to 8 seconds, and then taking a step back jumper. He took one where he didn't, you know, again, no screen, no nothing. I mean, like, he he took, like, a step back two, like a 20-footer. Like, almost with his foot, you know, almost with his back heel touching the three-point line. Which is literally, like, the worst shot you can take in basketball. And I'm just like... What like did all of y'all get lobotomies when Luca got well, they hurt? All, like, like, like that's what it was crazy. It's it's Luca is that guy. They are not. They shouldn't be punished for not being those guys. But that's where everybody needs to come together at some point during the twenty-seven point collapse. Yes, and say, hey, let's run. You know, I've been. I'm just. I'm going to be honest. I've been. I've talked about this with like ten different people. Our friend is talk showed this, this quasi play. The Mavericks have been running recently where you get Josh green, basically an on the move drive at the basket. The language that like the coach speak that goes into it. I have been losing my mind about because I'm just like, this looks like a bat. Like this looks like something that would happen in pickup. And I understand it's more complicated than that. But then again, basketball is also not that complicated. I'm just that's that understanding that. So setting that with the table. Why don't why didn't the Mavericks coaching staff get Josh going with anything more? The reality was Josh Green made the absolute most out of extremely limited opportunities. I mean, I, I could go pull up the play log. I had it, I had it open a second ago. Like, like where Spencer were the Josh has, Green? To dribble handoffs, where were Josh Green setting screens, which he was really good at at, at yep. certain times? Like there was yep. nothing. There was nothing. I mean, I gotta find this Spencer stuff because and, like and Kirk, Spencer getting blocked on a three pointer <laughs> with a minute left is the kind of like that's where you turn off the PlayStation, where it's just <laughs> it, like okay, I'm I'm done with this. And Kirk, you t- you made the point about how like these you know Luca is Luca and these guys aren't Luca, and we're seeing it. And I, I can get that to like for for everyone but Spencer. Like Spencer was a starting point guard for the Brooklyn Nets, and he was okay. He was like a pretty good point guard. Like Spencer has been on other teams besides the Mavericks, and has been a pretty good player. Like this isn't the case of like these guys that come here like Tim, um, or or you know Finney Smith or Powell, where you're like, oh, these guys are are succeeding because of they're kind of in this Dallas ecosystem, which as you know. Uh, accentuates their strengths and minimizes it. like Spencer was a good player before he came to Dallas in Brooklyn. Like he should know better than what he did in that fourth quarter. He's a better, like we can get on to him about a lot of different stuff, but like, he, like this wasn't the case of him, like being 
exposed without Luca. Like we know he has enough individual skill to be better than that. And he had 12. What's so crazy. He had 12 free throw attempts in this game. Like he was pretty good getting in the basket. So the stuff that he was doing, taking and settling for step back jumper, like that was, it, dude, it was like, it looked like they were trying to throw the game. Like they were well, they weren't mean, doing anything. Like the line was five points. And the Mavericks won by five, five, points. <laughs> five points. Like the Mavericks are the worst team in the league against the spread. And I was, I get messages all game long where it's just like, are they throwing this? I mean, let's be clear. There were all, there were a couple of, of, of real screwy things that happened in that game, both sides. Like this is once again, another very poorly refed game. Where like the Mavericks had to blow uh, a challenge on a horrendous call, and it's just sometimes I wonder what these guys are watching. The refs made a clear makeup play later when Dorian Finney-Smith got called for a clear a landing foul almost like, and they called they tried to assess him for a flagrant, but the guy had already landed when Dorian mm-hmm. was within his space. Like just some truly awful stuff. And then there was the the shot clock malfunction. Like let's just call it a malfunction to be pleasant. They screwed the, the Pelicans out of three seconds there at the end of the game. Now, yeah, that play seconds, where Ingram knocked the ball out of bounds. The with the clock six just seconds kept going. Yeah. It, it's like it's on tape. Uh, um, who it, one of the one of the big NBA like uh, guys who shares all sorts of stuff. Um, who is it? Uh, Rob Perez, Worldwide Wob, basically shows the clip, and it just keeps going. Like that's a like the Mavs. The Mavs got lucky. I mean, they they really got lucky and. Yeah. Some of the things they've done to screw, like, and over the course of the NBA season, stuff writes itself. I'm not going to sit here and and really, you know, complain about one. Like, I want the Mavericks yeah. to win. I don't really care yeah. that it benefited them. It's just, it's like when a screwy thing happens to the Mavericks at some point over the next five games, remember the remember this stuff. Yeah, that's the and, and to be honest, that stuff is just like kind of like I'm just more like amazed at the incompetence, not like, oh man, the Mavs got screwed or the Mavs got bailed out, like. Because again, they the team gave me plenty of ammo in that fourth quarter that I don't even need any of the ref crap no. to talk about. And then no. you know we didn't even talk about Tim, who was three of eighteen, two of twelve from three. One of his misses being that fuck that that disastrous three pointer he took when they were up. I don't even remember what they were up, but he took he took a three pointer with like 18, 19 seconds left uh in the shot clock when there was like 50 when there was like a minute left and all, like at that point your goal is to run clock um just terrible stuff um i can't do the math in my head but kirk these are his last five games from three including tonight so tonight two of 12 uh monday against the pistons one of six uh saturday against the jazz one of seven thursday against the suns two of mm-hmm. six tuesday against the wizards one of seven um he's so he was five of 26 coming into this game uh so he's seven for his last 38 from three uh i don't know what's happened like he's you know we thought he kind of turned a corner when they kind of put him back into the starting lineup and he was playing with luca and we we're like okay well maybe maybe that's just maybe that's it and you know maybe he turned a corner with, you know, coming back from his foot injury. You know, guys can usually start the season slow when they, they're coming back from an off-season surgery. But, man, I he is he is in a rough place right now. And considering the trade deadline's a week away and we know that the Mavericks want to trade him, this literally couldn't come at the worst time. Like, 
The Mavericks need everything they can get right now. They're about to play the hardest seven-game stretch of their season that's going to determine their season, and he's playing like dog crap. Now, maybe he can turn it around, but like, holy cow. Like, I just, I couldn't believe what those two guys were doing. And it was really frustrating because, like, Dorian had a really nice, really quiet, nice game. solid yeah. game. Dwight Powell had a pretty decent defensive game. Like, the role players, like, the, the guys that – the glue guys, you know, Green we already talked about. Like, they ha- they did their part. Dinwiddie and Hardaway, their jobs mainly are to score, keep the offense afloat between the two of them, especially when Luka's – like, that's their responsibility. That They're the two highest-paid players past Luka – uh i i believe um so like that that's embarrassing like they're veteran like i know that we that these guys aren't that you know that this roster is not that good past luca and we talk about it all the time sure. but but 49 to 27 that bad without luca like that's there's a point where like there's pride and you just need to have some shame and there was like i said it was just it was hideous they, they got outscored uh 66 to 41 in the second half like kirk do you know how hard it is so what what was do you remember what the largest lead in this game was i, 30 I don't something. Have, yeah 30 something i can go look i mean the okay. nba nba okay. does that was, okay so when usually when a team comes back from a 30 point deficit to make it a, you know a two possession game in the final minute kirk how does that usually happen in the modern nba three points right the Pelicans shot five of twenty-one from three, Pelicans, hey, and yeah, they they're still, a terrible three-point shooting team. And they still came back in this game. Like, like, you never get mad. This is funny. I don't. But that, <laughs> I mean, you were watching that fourth quarter, right? Or were you? Oh yeah, but I, mean, I just, I honestly, my dogs were being such unbelievable morons throughout the entire game. I kept having to go outside, and they're like trying to kill each other in the slush. I think yeah, if this 30, would have been 30, a game. Oh, Thirty-one point lead. And Sorry. they were five of twenty-one from three, and they made it a game in the fourth. Like that's that's unbelievable. Um, like if a team if if a team goes five of twenty-one from three, like if a team goes five of twenty-one from three, and you go fourteen of forty-one, I know that's not a great possession, but if you if you make nine more three pointers than your opponent, and you have nine less turnovers, the Pelicans had seventeen, the Mavericks had eight. Should be a blowout, and it was a blowout. And the only reason it wasn't a blowout was because those two dinguses had one of the worst fourth quarters I've ever seen in my life. And I just can't believe it. Like, this should have been a feel-good win going into the hardest part of the schedule. And like, I mean, the team I'm sure is fine, but like now the like, like this fan base just can't get happy about anything. Because guess what? Luca might be hurt for the hardest part of the schedule. Yeah, they're gonna play that. They so before the so they're three games above 500 with three games before the trade deadline. Those three games in order are against the Golden State Warriors, who play really well at home despite being, I think, much further down the stats. Let me just go read this. Um, the Warriors are a nice 19 and six at home. Um, that is a crisp, that's nearly an 80, 80% winning percentage. They, they are very good at home. Granted, they're 26 and 26 right now. Uh, then they play the Utah jazz on the road who are 18 and nine at home and who beat the Mavericks pretty good the other night. And then they play the Los Angeles Clippers on the road who are a truly bizarre basketball team, but 
as it's a nationally televised game, pretty sure of this. Let me triple check this one. Um, as the, that, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say those Clippers. They're seven and three in their last ten. And well, yeah. Current, so it's a na- it's a nationally televised game. They don't basically point. play any back to backs the rest of the way. Whatever Steve Ballmer did to make that happen <laughs> for the NBA is really remarkable. Which means the Mavericks stand a pretty good chance of seeing both Kawhi and Paul George. And right. Kawhi has taken a personal. Like it's a quiet thing, but he has the last two games. He has personally annihilated the Mavericks and Jason Kidd can't figure out. Maybe we shouldn't send shitty double teams at Kawhi. Like they, they have, they've gotten their asses beat the last two times, even, even with like Luca having good performances, it hasn't mattered. Mm -hmm. Um, So the likelihood of them winning one of those three games, I would say is pretty good because the Mavericks aren't that, terrible like they're not very good on the road overall but but if luke is not playing (laughs) if luke is not playing that obviously changes it because they have yet to win a game without luka Doncic. i'm talking start to finish the luka Doncic. i want to say they're zero and six um so if luka you know and and so it just it it puts those things out there where the mavericks are nine and 16 on the road not it could be worse i mean they're they're the highest ranked team in the West. Like the, everybody above them in the West have has won double digit road games, but the Grizzlies, hell, the Grizzlies are 11 and 16. So it's, this is just the wonky, wonky year out West. We bring all this stuff up to say the Mavericks could very well go into the trade deadline at 500. And then you look at the, the schedule beyond the trade deadline, which goes how many more games, maybe three more games. I, I knew this earlier because Jordan Brodess wrote a really good piece on it for us today that's up at mavsmoneyball.com yeah they play three they play four more games after the trade deadline and those are not any easier two more like a a back-to-back against sacramento who is really good this year and they are they i would not be shocked if they run the mavericks right off the floor um in those two games then they play minnesota who's finding their stride and then they play denver who's the best team in the western conference and this is it's just it's a defining point in the schedule and we've known that for a while and why we keep bringing it up is we would like to see some consistency of play from the Mavericks and they just can't find it. Right. Like these two home games, like it's really great that they got these two wins, but like you feel like they could barely beat a crappy Pistons team. They almost gacked a 30 point lead. Like none of these wins have felt particularly like these don't feel like confidence building wins. These, both of these wins have felt like just hang, hanging on by the seat of your pants and just thankful that you crossed the finish line. You know? That's right. That's it's right. I don't – this has not been updated as of tonight, but the Mavericks have played – this is clutch games. The Mavericks are fourth in the league in clutch games, number of games played. They have played 32. Now they've won 19 of those, okay, 19 and lost 13. I'll tell you this, their point differential, which is just over the long-term point differential, is incredibly indicative of what your team really is. The Mavericks are, are by their point differential, they're, they're, I think after tonight it shouldn't have moved at all. I had this up just a second ago. I'm sorry. They're ninth in the West in point differential. So that which but they're basically dead even, almost like 500, yes. I think, is, yep. is what it is. They are... Point five, so they're half a point. Like so, that's basically that's basically you know less than a point in in anything that bad. It's like you're essentially five hundred basketball team. 
the likelihood is if they keep playing these close games, just do the way things pan out over the course of having enough data, the Mavericks are going to lose more of these clutch games. That Just if they keep playing them this way, you know, and, and it's going to, I just hope they don't lose the thread down. You said in our Slack today, like they're not bad enough to be in the lottery. I tend to agree because Luca just raises your floor, but what they are bad enough to do is to finish like ninth. And, you know, cause it's, it's anybody, and people are going to be pissed at us for saying this. I, I hope they're not. I, I don't necessarily, you know, they're, they're fifth in the West right now, but again, Minnesota's half a game back the Suns and they, they might be in fourth place by the time the night. Right. It's over, like you, if really you funny. do, the, if you do what the, the Pelicans have done, the Pelicans have gone on a 10 game slide. The Pelicans were second in the West, and then they lost 10 in a row. You cannot go on a multi-game slide in the West is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And the Mavericks are, are and to the Mavericks' credit, they haven't really done that. They, str- they stumbled quite a bit after that seven-game win streak. But, you know, more or less, they've been playing kind of 500 basketball as of late, um, you know, evening, evening that back out. Because I want to say when they were um, – when the Mavericks were really at the peak – Sorry, I'm really bad. Like I, I, I need to have like 15 tabs open, and I just, I, I just don't do it. Um, when the Mavericks came off that win streak at, uh, at the the start of the year, they were six games above 500. Then they fell all the way back down to one game above 500 and stayed there for a while. Now they're back up to three, and that is, I, that's interesting to me. Um, they if they can keep their head above water then maybe they'll be okay. It's just there's so many big games down the stretch. So many big games. I just they they can't the margin for error is really thin is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And it's just really like they're just such an inconsistent team that you could tell me they go 6 and 1 in these next 7 and I'd be like, "All right." And you could tell me they go 1 and 6 or 0 and 7, I'd be like, "All right." Like yeah. This team is just, you know, and maybe they go four and three or three and four, kind of split the difference. Like, you know, all of the possibilities exist with this team because we've seen them beat really good teams and we've seen them lose to the worst, like, and and everything in between. So, uh, like, like I've we watched this team beat Denver in Denver on the second night of a back to back, which is basically the hardest game you can play in the NBA over the last course of the last five years. And they can do that, and then they could also, you know, lose to the Magic or the Wizards. Yeah. And it's like, so I don't, I don't know. Like we keep waiting for the team to kind of show itself, and the injuries make it a little harder. But maybe this is who they are. Maybe they're just this team that can barely scrap over five hundred. They're gonna, they're gonna give you some games you don't expect them to win, but they're also gonna give you some games you don't expect them to lose. So here's. Here's team. an interesting thing that just got posted by friend of the show Jeff Stotts. I uh, in street clothes, one of the best, uh, <laughs> one of the best at reporting or like oh, basically yeah. explaining injuries, and because he has a database, he has a a, a a proprietary database, and he has all this injury information that nobody else in the world has. Um, Luke, uh, regarding Luka Doncic, heel contusions can be more complex than they sound. A thick layer of skin as well as a pad of fasci- fatty tissue surrounds the heel bone. All of these structures can be contused. The average time lost for in-season heel contusions in the NBA is 1.8 games 
The median is one game. Players to suffer the injury include Steve Nash, Jimmy Butler, Drew Holiday, and Kyle Kuzma. Knowing nothing, Luca will want to play. Mm -hmm. That's where I sit right now. Whether it affects his game is strikingly interesting because he is primarily a floor-bound player. Pain is something that he deals with all the time, and I think he sort of exaggerates it to effect. I suspect he plays. You don't think he misses a game at all? I don't think he misses a game at all. I think they pulled him because they were up 30 points. Man. Well. I don't know. I mean, it feels weird being the non-pissy one. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Maybe, if you, I think if I you had to sit him out one game, though, I would be like, man, like, are you going to, even with Luca, are you going to be, like, the sure, Warriors I would rather, are. I would rather bring him back and play and play the Jazz and have some right. hope of, of outscoring them. That's a good point. Right. Like, That's a good point. Like, I don't know if I would feel too bad if they just were like, sit one game against the Warriors because I don't know if they're going to win that game even with Luca. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, if I was going to say, if you were the, if you had to do the recap for this game and you were watching every possession and taking your notes like you do when, when it's recap, it would have been time, like 12, it would have been probably 1,500 words. You would have been just as mad as me tonight. I guarantee it. Oh, like, I mean, Ben, like Ben Zadell, who did the recap for us, was like, they cannot lose this game. I, I am done with the recap in the third quarter. <laughs> and it was like, sorry, bro. Sorry, Bob. Got to go rewrite. Yeah. yeah. Again, all it, right. Yeah. I could deal with missed shots. The, the like the process, process that was, was bad. Yeah, that was bad. <clears throat> well, this was uh, this was fun. Uh, you go do your stats post, and I'm gonna yep. go do the live show, and then we will be on with our evening, and we will see everybody Saturday night. Have a good Friday, and for those of you who are like Josh and myself, and who have been at home with children, take a deep breath. <laughs> At least it's the weekend and you'll be with those children even more. It's been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. Thanks for hanging out with us here at Mavs Moneyball. Have a great Friday.